Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Nerd Culture Podcast, the greatest podcast in the world. My name is David. In the world. The galaxy. <laughs> the, the galaxy. The, the dimension. Uh, my name is David and uh, with me is Yumbo. <laughs> Youngbo's getting older. I'm uh, one, one month away from my birthday. I'm going to be 28 years old. 28? That's still pretty young, yeah. dude. Yeah, but it feels old, David. <laughs> feels old. <laughs> That's just because you're a busy, busy man. You've got to, you just got to kick back and smell the roses every now and again. Keep telling myself it's just a number. It's just a number. I can it is still, just a I number. can still live like 22. <laughs> 22 is the best age. 22? You know? Yeah, 22 is a good age. I'll, I'll go with that. You're old enough to drink, but you're young enough that you can still be stupid and, and cops won't arrest you. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's the best age. It's the best age. And then, of course, you get to my age where you, you can't live it up and be stupid because you've got to be in bed by 10 o'clock. Yeah, and everybody everybody thinks you're a student, so everybody's like, you know, you know, like if you work at it like a retail, everybody's, you know, they just think it's kind of a way station. Now at 28, it's like, oh, you still work retail. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll get there one day. If you, it's never too late. It's never too late. If you like this for 28, what's it going to be like when you hit 30, dude? Yeah, I know. I don't know. I'm not going anywhere, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, this guy. Famous podcasters by then. Yeah, that's right. We'll be rich and famous. So for, uh, for this episode, we've got uh, the, the standards for uh, the, the Bo slash David episodes. We've got the news. Uh, we'll have some reviews. Our contest of champions, our beloved contest of champions. The last one was hilarious, man. Batman versus Boba Fett. That was gold. Yeah. 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 Greg Bo just, you know, he just thought Batman. <laughs> yeah. That's all he had to say. We could have been Batman against anybody. Yeah. Although I like how it started where, where he was talking to his son about, about it, the, the Carolina Crippler. And uh, on the on the drive there, that was my favorite part of the story. Whereas he's yeah. like, he's like, well, it's Boba Fett, and then his son's like, well, it's Boba Fett. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter who you say next. <laughs> but then of course he says Batman, and it's like, ooh, <laughs> it's like Batman versus Galactus. Batman. <laughs> it just got real. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, so for this contest of champions, we're actually going to sort of change the pace a bit. Instead of a fight, we're going to have a race. Which I thought was pretty mm. cool, and it's the it's the classics, the classic sort of race uh, for nerd uh, conversations is Superman versus the Flash, and that race actually always kind of annoys me. Like Superman, he's got so many powers, it's ridiculous. I mean, let yeah, the let the ridiculous. Flash have one, you know what I mean? So I've actually I've, I'm not going to put Superman in this, but but the Flash is in it, of course. But we're going to have the Flash versus Marvel's Quicksilver, and just for laughs, actually- Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> There's got to be a ruling on that somewhere on the internet. Oh yeah, this, Flash versus Quicksilver has been done many times before, but uh, I really I was very interested when uh, I looked I, doing the research for this. They had a couple of other sort of people thrown in there, and of course Superman was the main one. But uh, a couple of people have put uh, have pitted Sonic against them, and I just thought that was that was cool. <laughs> All right, well if there's not already a ruling, we're gonna make it tonight. Yeah, exactly. There will be after this episode. The definitive answer. Originally, yeah. originally I had a couple of other people in there. It was going to be like a because you know, like races normally have like eight people. I originally yeah. had eight characters. <laughs> but the guy from Kenya would always win. <laughs> this guy, but I had a whole bunch of other people. And I just thought it was going to be too much. But I, but I had like Velocity and and uh, one of the Dragon Ball Z guys and you know various you know Greek gods. I had Hermes in there and stuff. And I was like, this is going to take forever. So I, 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 <laughs> we narrowed it down to down to the three. Uh, yeah, I think that's gone a bit too far. It's a, t- it's a tad too far. Uh, 
Uh, we also had the second installment of our new uh, new segment, App Happy. We, uh, we introduced it in our last episode, uh, where we just basically talk about an app that we like. Uh, and, of course, Azerothian Times. My mm. favourite segment. Yeah. It's my, it's, it's my favourite segment, too. <laughs> I mean, it's like picking your favourite kid, but... Uh... But yeah, it's my favorite kid. I love them all, <laughs> but the chance to actually talk about <laughs> Warcraft is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's get the ball rolling with our news. I don't usually talk. I usually don't, don't want to talk about you know depressing sort of stuff. But uh, this man is was such a, a a part of my life growing up that I just have to mention it. But Rick Mayo uh, died uh, in the last week, uh, quite suddenly. He was quite young. He wasn't 28 like like young Bo, but uh, he was. I mean, he's still pretty young. He was under 60, and uh, he died quite suddenly. And uh, they're still not oh, sure. Wow. As up to this day, they're still not sure exactly how. I think he had some sort of seizure or a fit or something like that. So, uh, but yeah. So Rick Mayo, um, as uh, for any listeners who don't know, uh, one of the young ones and uh, a ridiculous amount of other stuff. I mean. Wow, just his, his his contribution to the world of comedy is uh, is unbelievable, and uh, he he will be missed. I was I was a big fan of Rick, uh, especially as as the people's poet. To be honest, I actually wasn't a big fan of the young ones, but uh, but his other his later work just really really good stuff. Uh, quite a lot of people from my generation would know him from the movie Drop Dead Fred. Yeah. That's the one I recognize too. Yeah, so there you go. So, uh, but uh, oh, an American Werewolf in London. Yeah, that's right. American Werewolf in London. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, so he's, yeah, he's been he's been in a in a crap load of stuff, and uh, he's uh, he will be missed. So that's a shame. Uh, so so for some other news, uh, continuing our sort of casting type news, we've got uh, Vincent D'Onofrio uh, has been cast as the kingpin in the new Netflix Daredevil TV show, uh, which I think is a great choice because I've always been a big fan of Vincent. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the actual person playing Daredevil, funnily enough, who's Charlie Cox. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes, but uh, they made a very good choice with the Kingpin. I'm looking at him now. I recognize him from um, Full Metal Jacket, but I'm trying yeah. to think of what else. Oh, you were, he's in uh, like Law and Order, one of the Law and Orders. Okay, yeah, yeah crim- he is in Law Law and Order. Yeah, Criminal Intent or something. I think it was called. Very intense actor. He's he's very good. So you were talking about Charlie Cox? Um, yeah, Charlie Cox is the guy from Stardust. I don't recognize British him actor. at all. He's terrible. He's, he's absolutely terrible. I, I, I'm very disappointed in that choice. And quite a lot of other people have, have uh, voiced their frustration as well. But, hey, you know. Man, I really want this to be good, too. I really <laughs> want this to be good, though. We'll see how it goes. He could be awesome. Who knows? Uh, the other news we've got is that Powers, the TV show Powers, based on uh, oh. the comic book Powers by Brian Michael Bendis, is finally getting a release. Don't. David, this better not be another Seinfeld snafu. <laughs> like, this better be happening. I like how you call it a snafu. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I swear to you, this has happened. It was announced at uh, the recent E3, so E3 uh, had just occurred. I, I don't have a segment on E3 because we're not really much in the way of in gaming on this show. But uh, E3 just yeah. occurred um, a couple of days ago, and uh, they had quite a lot of uh, pretty major announcements, including a new Mortal Kombat game, which was pretty cool. Uh, but uh, Brian Michael Bendis actually appeared at the show and um, announced that Sony uh, Entertainment, through the PSN, so the PlayStation Network, will actually be re- re- releasing. The Powers TV show, so it's wow, uh, it's pretty exciting. So it'll be uh, a series of one-hour live-action shows. So in a sort of sort of similar sort of Netflix sort of way, you'll be able to sort of download it through the PSN network. It's been in production for quite a while. We actually, Brian and I actually spoke about it when I interviewed him 
three years ago. <laughs> so they've been talking about it. Yeah, they've yeah. been talking about this happening for a long time. Yeah, a long time. And and he was talking about it then about it. And it's, it's said they've had they've had uh, multiple pilots sort of go through the reno reshoots and that sort of stuff. The guy from Lost Boys was involved at one point. I don't know if he still is. Hmm. Can't remember his name off the top of my head. But the guy that plays Michael. So it's Jason. It's going to be Jason like a PlayStation Patrick. Network show. Yeah, a PlayStation Network show. And uh, I'm not too sure about the exact deals, but apparently the, the PlayStation Network people, if you're a subscribed to that, you'll get it as part of your subscription. You won't have to pay extra for it, but everybody else will have to pay extra. So everybody can watch it, but whether you okay. pay or not for it is is, is uh, depending on your circumstances. But, uh, man, I'm, man, I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. And, like, you know, two years ago, if it were coming out on the PlayStation Network and not on regular TV, that would be, like... A big deal in the opposite direction. Like everybody yeah. would be like, "Oh, this is going to be terrible." It's, it's like whenever a movie comes out direct to DVD, you yeah. know. Yeah. But nowadays, there's a lot of really good stuff that's coming out, like Netflix original. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I hope this is in the same vein where it's you know, you know, a lot of those shows are more creative because they don't have to, you know, they still have a boss, like they still have like to abide by whatever the PlayStation Network wants. Um, but that's usually a little more lenient than if they were, say, on ABC, you know, yeah. or something like that. It's opened up uh, this this whole this whole video on demand thing has opened up a, a whole new world of uh, dude, crea- I, of creativity. I say let it come like this. Yeah. Like I love I love the stuff that's been coming out, and 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 God, this powers thing better happen. Yeah, oh no, it, it, it's happening. It's happening. It's whether, happening. Whether it's any yeah. good or not, we don't know. It's yet to be seen. Uh, but just, It'll be just, good. just the chance that this, the, the fact that it's actually happening is pretty cool. If you if you've read Powers, it feels like a TV show. Like it's it's the perfect comic for a TV show. And like you know, like I heard Saga was going to be put on the TV show. If they do it right, it'll be fantastic. But it doesn't lend itself as well. Like Powers is like that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect for a TV show. Totally agree. I actually don't think Saga would work as a TV show. It would be weird unless it's done perfectly. Like they have to hit so many notes spot on. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't be any good. But Powers is not like that. They they could they could make this really good pretty easily. The final piece of uh, news is unbelievably exciting. I'm so excited for this. Now, I do have to point out that it is strictly a rumor at this as of this point. So it was actually only revealed uh, yesterday or, or actually yeah two days ago. Uh, a couple of websites have reported that uh, DC Comics and Warner Brothers have revealed their upcoming movie lineup uh, for their you know superhero franchises, and it's very much in the vein of anti-Marvel. <laughs> you know, it's like Marvel's done it, so now we're going to do it. They're very much copying the Marvel sort of theme of you know a couple of movies with the the big Avengers movie to sort of cap it off, um, and they call it phases. Uh, so it's, uh, but even even if that is the case, if they're just blatantly copying Marvel, I don't care. It just means more superhero well, it's movies. Response, you know, you know? Yeah, like they have to respond response. to that. Yeah, you know? they have to do what they have to do, and that's you know that's cool. Uh, so it it's it is a shame that it's just a, it's a rumor at the moment. I mean, actually, I mean, by the time this this episode comes out, it might be confirmed. Hopefully, it is. We'll have to see how it goes, but it is very very cool. So, um, of course, you've got you've got Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, which is, you know, obviously happening. That's not a rumor. Uh, yeah. Which, which sets up the Justice League. But uh, the studio actually has a whole bunch of standalone movies in the pipeline, including. Now, this is this is pretty cool. So, May two thousand sixteen, we get Batman vs Superman. Uh, July twenty sixteen, we supposedly get a Shazam movie. So a Captain Marvel movie, which is pretty sweet. Uh, the December twenty sixteen, we get Sandman. Now that's been talked about before, so we know that's happening. Uh, May 2017, we get the Justice League movie that Batman vs. Superman sets up. 
And then supposedly oh July 27, 2017, we get a, a stand, a finally get a standalone Wonder Woman film. Oh, that's cool. It keeps coming. December 2017, we get The Flash and Green Lantern together in one film. It's like Brave and the Bold. It's like Brave and the Bold. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and then, now this is interesting. We actually then May 2018 we get Man of Steel two. So they're officially, basically, officially saying that Batman vs. Batman versus Superman is not Man of Steel two. Batman vs. Superman. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a, it's a whole different installment. Batman vs. Superman shouldn't have been the second Superman film. You know what I mean? I mean, he, yeah. just, he, he deserved another film to sort of help you know, set him up a little bit more. So it's, I mean, it's a shame we're not getting it till 2018, but it's, it's good that he gets another sort of standalone. But damn, yeah. I'm excited for the Flash and Green Lantern. I mean, the, the, Green, the Green Lantern film, let's face it, it's a piece of rubbish. I mean, it's absolute trash. Yeah. So <laughs> the, chance to, the chance to do it again with hopefully different people and have the Flash in it, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm excited about all of them except for that one. That one's probably still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good. Don't be sorry. I mean, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big Shazam fan, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, Sandman. Cool. I don't know if Sandman. Sandman's... I can't believe. Yeah, that's I crazy. I don't know if Sandman's going to work. To be honest with you, see, Sandman would work as a television show. That yeah, it would. would. It would make a good television uh, show. Yeah. As a, as a, as a, as a movie, oh, I reserve judgment. Justice League. Wait and see. It could be good. Could be bad. Depends on how, depends on who's doing it. But I'm really, really excited like the, for Wonder it'll Woman. It'll be like the Marvel movies where, like, you know, I don't think that I don't think the Avengers is the best of the Marvel movies, you know? But, yeah, so, the, I mean, the most exciting for me is, is Wonder Woman. Um, I mean, she finally, finally gets her own film. I mean, this, this, this whole thing about it, it's hard to get a, you know, a female-orientated movie to work. It's just ridiculous. It's flat-out ridiculous. So Right. You know, it's just a... People are familiar with that character, and they would go see it. But after they have Wonder Woman and all these other movies that are like a prerequisite to the Wonder Woman movie, yeah, she's going to be built up as her own character and have her own movie. You know, like yeah. it's going to be it's going to be perfect timing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's, I mean, it's it's a shame. I mean, I'm still not happy with the Gal Gadot casting, but I mean, it's it's we ain't it's, seen it. it's a wait and see. We in? Yeah, she might be all right. But uh, yeah, so this is pretty damn exciting stuff. So hopefully, it's not a rumor. Hopefully, it is actually true. Cool, let's move on to the reviews. This is not the end. Yeah, just for a bit of a change of pace, we're actually going to have a group review because uh, I told Bo I was going to review Edge of Tomorrow and he also wanted to review Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. so we're going to review Edge of Tomorrow together. So uh, I'm hoping I'm <laughs> hoping that we both want to review it for very different reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm fascinated because we haven't discussed this beforehand. <laughs> this is all live. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, let uh, Bo, Bo start us off with uh, Edge of Tomorrow. All right, let's see. So Edge of Tomorrow, the recent Tom Cruise movie. Uh, I feel like uh, anybody alive right now has seen the preview, um, but it's basically Groundhog Day meets sci-fi. Um, in that Tom Cruise is reliving the same day until he dies, and he goes back to the to the same time. And it is actually director Doug uh, Lehman, Lyman. Yep. Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, and uh, Bill Paxton. To me, this movie it was similar to Groundhog Day, and I'm not saying that like it copied Groundhog. There's other movies where someone relives the same day over and over again. Mm. Um, but that's probably the most famous one, other than this one. To me, like when I saw the preview for the movie. I kind of like I have this good I have a really good preview radar where I can see a preview <laughs> and like 
and I know instantly whether this is a good or a bad movie. And then there's sort of this like third category where it's like, well, that movie's either going to blow me away because I think it's terrible or it's going to be terrible. To me, Edge of Tomorrow landed in that third category where it was like, it could go either way. Like, it's going to yeah. be polar. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to hate it. Yeah. Or I'm going to watch it and I'm going to love it. Like, Oblivion. Oblivion is an example of the same thing where, like, the based on the preview, I'm like, eh, it's probably not any good, but it could be. So I'm going to go see it. And then it turned out really good. Rita says to Tom Cruise, he says something like, you know, I'm not a soldier. And she says, of course you're not. You're, you're a weapon. And so, like, that little hint in the preview kind of gave me this idea that this is going to be, um, this movie is going to have somewhat of a, of a political undertone or some sort of undertone or, or, you know, bigger meaning behind just, just being an action flick. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of gave me a glimpse of, like, well, this movie might actually be pretty good. I feel like there was nothing like that in this movie. This movie was exactly what you see is what you get. I didn't really dig this movie that much. It just seems like, it just seems like an action flick based on the effects of Groundhog Day. And there's a whole, and, and to me, there's a few holes in in the way the sci-fi, you know, works in in the plot. Like what? Oh, let me think. So for for one thing, the the plot starts out with Tom Cruise is like a like a reporter guy for the military. He's a PR. Yeah, guy. he's a PR. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, the Russian um, like military leader is like, well, we're going to put you on the front lines. Uh, why? Why the hell not? I don't know. I don't know why you'd make a good soldier, but I feel like you're going to the front lines. And Tom Cruise is like, no, I don't. I don't think I would go to the front lines. I'm a PR guy, not a soldier, which makes sense to me. They never really explained to me why. You, they're like, oh, he's Tom Cruise, so he's going to the front lines. Like this wouldn't be a movie unless he did. So I, so I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. I've, I've seen multiple times now. The first time I saw it. Uh, I actually had the exact same thought. I was like, this makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy explains it in terms of he's going to go to the front and report from the front using his sort of his skills, you know, and he'll be protected by, by a squad of people. But that just seems silly to me. There's, just, there's really no need for it. It's, just, it's more along the lines of they just need an extra body. They basically need everybody they can possibly get. Um, and yeah. I think Tom's reaction actually makes perfect sense to be honest with you tom's reaction makes sense i just don't (laughs) understand why the plot started like basically this whole movie hinges on you know this guy is supposedly like you know he's um, he's obviously in charge of huge fleets of of human army that's fighting this resistance yeah and his bright idea is that he's going to put this reporter at the or this PR guy at the front of why because he's because he's a superhero combatant he saw him in Oblivion and he's like this guy can kick ass trust me I've seen him in Oblivion I saw him in Top Gun you should get this guy in a in a, in a airplane we and should put, kill everybody right, we should put Maverick on the front lines <laughs> yeah now you're right yeah, it, doesn't, like, it doesn't make any sense and that and that bugs me through the whole movie I don't think I got through the rest of the movie because of that. <laughs> And another thing that bugged me was um, talk about how this girl kills, you know, hundreds of soldiers because she has this suit. And they're like, oh, yeah, she has this ultimate suit and and that gives her the ability. So we've got to make suits for all of our soldiers because then they'll all be as strong as her. But then they land on the beach. You know, he keeps waking up and having to go to this, you know, D-Day style, you know, futuristic D-Day style um, beach they keep going to this beach and, and they drop like flies. And it's like, well, this suit was supposed to make them so strong that they could kill like, you know, 200 of these aliens yeah. in, in a few days. And, and that just wasn't the case. I mean, they're, they're dying like 
as soon as they hit the beach. Yeah, but that that thing goes back to what you were saying at the start about how you thought from the preview that it would have some sort of political message, right? And that, yeah. And that goes directly to that. I mean, the American... I don't want to be insulting, since you, but the, no, you're the, not. the American uh, military have have done done this for years, where they've said that well, we have the superior firepower. Superior firepower is going to win, shock and awe, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. they've been proven wrong time and time again. And so yeah, it was- it's it, it basically plays into that sort of thing. It's like they don't they don't give everybody the suit because Rita has it. Rita just happens to have one as well. They give everybody the suit because. Because normal human combatants don't stand a chance against the mimics, and so they give everybody Rito, these cool Rito suits. Rita's just part of the propaganda. Yeah, yeah. She's, she, they use her because she just kicks a lot of ass. It's, yeah. I mean, the, every 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 soldier essentially has this suit, and they've and they've been proven wrong again. It's like the suit the suits are, are helpful, but it's not. They're not going to win the war purely because they have these sort of things. They're going to they they. I mean, they're not going to win anyway, but they think they will, they will win just by pure amount of numbers. And that's not new to, to warfare. I mean, like you said, it's a futuristic D-Day. And that's all D-Day yeah. was. D-Day was, let's put as many people as we can in this situation and, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people will die, but enough will get through in order to win. All right, I'm, so I'm going to give you two more things that bug me. Okay. One's really small. Yeah. One was the, the guy that likes to get into his suit with no pants. Yeah. It, I get how it's funny. Like I, I you know, I thought it was funny, yeah, but it out. just to me was like they're so strict on these. Like these these people, the, he made them eat a deck of cards because they were playing poker in their barracks. Yeah. But yet, you know, you can wear your uniform with no pants. That's okay. <laughs> like, we're not strict on the dress code. Just 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 gambling. Like you can't gamble, but no pants in your uniform. You can do that. That one actually made sense to me as well because uh, they are all going to die, and so what's the point at that at that point? You know what I mean? It's like this, they know they're going to die, and so they're, they're a little bit lax on on certain individual traits because they've been they've recruited they haven't just recruited the best of the best they've actually recruited every single person they can, and that includes a bunch of wackos. Well, you say that, but in the movie, like in the movie, they show Tom Cruise go back to that you know that dude uh the russian guy from the beginning of the movie and like his building is staffed full of secretaries and like just normal run-of-the-mill people none of those people went to war just tom cruise because he's tom cruise (laughs) that's a good point now you make a point point (laughs) all right next one there was all kinds of normal civilian cars in that uh in that parking garage yeah. Uh, whenever they go downstairs, and not only that, but there's apparently a bar being operated that Tom Cruise can just leave whenever he wants to and go <laughs> hang out at this bar. Now, I got if I got to come up with things that I like about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. If you didn't like it, you don't have to. Th- you don't have to think of these you didn't like if you don't want to. Edge of Tomorrow, to me, I did think it was a fun movie. Like I thought that it was. Um, I thought it was exciting. I really liked the ending. There is a little bit of a cheese factor in the ending, but I can't really talk about it without spoiling yeah. the ending. But that's fine. And it and you know it was cool. It was a cool movie. I feel like if you saw the preview, you saw most of the movie though. Like I don't I don't feel like it was very different than its preview. But it was it was entertaining. I've seen worse movies in the movie theater, one hundred percent for sure. And I and I couldn't say that it's bad because of any one person. Everybody in the movie is 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 really good. I don't think anybody in the movie is a bad actor or anything like that. It just to me this the plot line just you know I've seen better science fiction is all. That's cool. Now, you, you brought up some valid points. I mean, there was a couple of times, like I said, where I sort of had the same sort of deal. It's kind of like, well, why? Why did this just occur? I mean, the main one, of course, was, you know, 
cage being sent to the front. It just made no sense to me. Uh, yeah. But I actually quite enjoyed this film. I, I enjoyed this film a lot. Uh, and like I mean, like I said, it's 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 at cinemas here, and I've seen it twice now. And you know, I'm a, I'm a cheap cheap bastard. I don't like to spend money if I don't have to. But, uh, <laughs> so it's you know, I actually, I actually was, was was really insane by this film. I thought it was. Uh, I was surprised that you know, given the director, I'm actually I'm not a big fan of the director. Uh, Doug Liman. I mean, he's he's responsible for Jumper, and that is just an atrocious, atrocious film. And uh, I, it did have a couple of really, really cool moments. I mean, it's, I mean, you're totally on the money with the Groundhog Day thing. I mean, it's, I mean, there's other sort of time repeat films, but this yeah, had yeah. this that's had the same the... sort of cheeky comedy sort of aspect to it as well. That yeah. is very much Groundhog Day. So, um, and I didn't think there was anything wrong with them repeating that. Like that's no, just a story. That's, that's a type of story that's told a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it works. That's fine. Um, and uh, I mean, I think the way they use that technique in this film um, is really quite refreshing and fun. I mean, it's, it's the whole, you know, maggot thing that they, that they play on later on is excellent. Um, and just the, the sort of the comedy aspects of just how many times he has to die horribly <laughs> before, you know, he, he starts to get it right. My favorite, my favorite is the one where he's, he's like, he's worked out, you know, the sequence in his head and he's, and he's running towards Rita and a truck takes him out, and it's like of all the things, you know. What I mean? So it's you know, so, so stuff like that. I think is is actually is quite oh, enjoyable, and what makes it fun. I really do. I know something that I really did like about it. Okay, okay. Um, I really did enjoy that it felt like playing a video game, like where yeah. like you try something and then fail, and then you say, "Well, I'm going to try it a little different way this time," and then you know maybe you succeed and get a little further, and then you fail, and then you you say, "Well." You know that worked, but this other thing didn't work. So I'm going to try, you know, going left here instead of right. You know, and uh, I really enjoyed that. And I get that that's the vibe they were going for the movie, and, and yeah. that totally came across to me. Like I like that a lot. Awesome. Well, that was exactly what I was just about to say. So you just said it for me. Awesome. Um, oh, I'm is, sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. I'm saying that's good. That's. I mean, you, basically, that's almost word for word what I was going to say. The fact that it's it's very much the vibe of video of a video game on screen makes it the greatest video game adaptation. That's not an adaptation I've seen. Yeah. You know, what I mean? it's like all the all yeah, the yeah. all the video game to movie ga- movies are terrible. I mean, I can't think yeah, of a single yeah, one right. that's actually any good. Whereas this one. I actually thought it was awesome. This film, I had I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, it's the most most video game on on screen you're going to get. We're actually, you know, we're you know characters that you can actually get along and and sort of root for. You know what I mean? And I'm a bit, I'm a Tom Cruise fan. I, I, I read, I'm writing a series of articles on the website. I've already done part one. Uh, where I sort of go through the filmography of Tom Cruise, and, I, and you know, I explain, yeah, and we've we've talked about it on the on the show before. We we like Tom Cruise here. I just don't understand this what this anti Tom Cruise stuff is, and I think is this yeah, is okay. this is the role he's he's does he's best at. This is what he does. This is he's an action hero who can do a little bit of comedy and sort of use the cheesy grin, and you know, and it's he, he does what he does, and I think it's awesome. Uh, another thing I liked about it is that he's. Uh, it also has Australia's own Noah Taylor in there as a role as Dr. Carter. And uh, Tom and Noah have uh, worked before on the film Vanilla Sky. Uh, where, and, I, and I do like that in this, uh, Dr. Carter is essentially his tech support. He basically explains, you know, his exposition man sort of explains what's going on. And in Vanilla Sky, he is actually tech support for the for the people who have seen that. I won't mention it anymore because it might ruin the end. But uh, it's, it's really, really, really cool. Um, so yeah, so like I said, I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed it a lot. But, uh, yeah, so uh, in terms of in terms of ratings, I actually get this uh, four out of five. I enjoyed it a lot. I got to give it a two out of two out of five. Okay, good. So next up in the reviews, I'm going to be reviewing a new comic called 
Left Hand Path. Uh, now, Left Hand Path is uh, from a Australian. It's an Australian comic. It's from an Australian uh, publishing house called uh, Winter City Productions. Uh, they've been around for a, a little while. They've they've got three titles: uh, Winter City, uh, their their flagship title, um, and another one. Uh, and uh, Left Hand Path. Uh, now they've they've actually put out a call to uh, to um, get submissions and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll have a, a link to Winter City Productions in the show notes. So uh, if um, anybody is sort of interested in, and in possibly producing a comic uh, and like what Winter City do, then uh, by all means check that out because uh, I will be. But uh, Left Hand Path, uh, I wanted to review because it's. Uh, uh, not only is it cool, but it also is by a friend of the show, uh, Jason Franks. Uh, so we've we've talked about Jason. We've had, actually had Jason on the show a couple of times, and we've sort of talked about uh, some of his works before, uh, the Six Smiths um, and uh, McBlack and uh, his debut novel, Bloody Waters. Um, and uh, he's he's a very talented man, and uh, so basically, I'm happy to check out any new stuff that he does. Left Hand Path it deals with the story of uh, an idiot who tries to summon uh, a demon to, for his control and uh, stuffs it up, and of course, and the demon the demon gets loose. So in classic sort of Jason style, uh, the demon has quite a lot of personality, and uh, I'm quite quite interested in seeing uh, sort of some more some more of the stuff that the, the guy does. It's only the first issue, so he doesn't really do all that much other than slaughter a whole bunch of people and eat some ice cream. Um, but uh, <laughs> but he looks awesome and. Uh, it also deals with a group of special detectives uh, who sort of deal with sort of occult type stuff, and they sort of they track they they kind of start tracking down this this demon guy now that they know where he exists, and also uh, they're going to call in some help uh, from a sort of a, another sort of occult sort of like a celebrity occult guy uh, who actually does have uh, occult powers. He's not just faking it. And that's basically the storyline. I mean, like I said, it's only issue one so far, and uh, I'm quite intrigued. The design on the on the demon himself is really cool. I don't know for sure, but I could say that the artist uh, had some hand in it. The artist is uh, Paul Paul Abtrus. I probably got that name wrong. I'm sorry, Paul uh, Abtrus, uh, who's he's an Australian artist, and uh, I was actually quite shocked that, at uh, at his art style because I, I know Paul from sort of family friendly dare I say, sort of kiddie type stuff, you know, like My Little Pony sort of style, you know, big eyes, sort of Disney type stuff. So, yeah. so when I saw this artwork, which was very reminiscent of um, sort of Avatar production comics, you know, you know the Avatar comic yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, so the yeah, sort of yeah. stuff they put out, like it's very much for adults, sort of like, a, it's like, it's very, you know, in your face, <laughs> confronting type art. And uh, so to see Paul do this, I actually didn't know he was, he was, capable of doing this sort of artwork um wow it just blew me away it's just it was really really cool it's uh, i'm i'm i was hooked you know from the first the first couple of panels and uh it is very much an adult comic <laughs> so I mean, there's you know they're swearing and you know lots of you know blood and guts and all that sort of stuff but man it looks awesome the, the demon himself looks cool and uh everything is crisp and clean page layouts are all followable it, it all it all makes sense it's a very professional uh, looking comic that uh, they should they should both be very proud of. Uh, so uh, left hand path uh, issue one. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it four out of five. It's uh, I'm I'm gonna be reading it, and it's interesting because it's not the sort of comic that I would have picked up unless Alan Moore's name was on it. You know what I mean? It's like it's, I don't really go for that sort of Avatar thing, but uh, mm. I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna be reading this from now on. Um, so it's uh, yeah. So Winter City Productions left hand path. Check it out. It actually makes its official debut at 
Supernova Sydney. That's a really cool name, Left Hand Path. Yeah, it is awesome. And I've always liked the whole premise of like a fringe police squad, like where there's this like squad of detectives that that deal with the the paranormal, you know? Yeah, the, the X Files sort of thing. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I yeah. love that. I love that too, actually. Cool. So that's what our that was our reviews. Let's move on to contest of champions, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. For that, so for this uh, segment of Contest of Champions, like I said, it's going to be a race. Uh, I'm not too sure exactly how it's going to work, but uh, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Uh, this so is the first race we've done. It's the first race. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. It's uh, So we're going to have Sonic the Hedgehog versus The Flash versus Quicksilver. I'm going to tell you up front, I want Quicksilver to win, but I don't know I don't know how yet. He, he doesn't stand a chance. Because I don't see how he could beat The Flash. Which <laughs> Flash are we talking about? I was pretty lazy with this this one. I actually didn't do a lot of <laughs> didn't do a lot of preparation. It's your choice. The listeners yeah. imagine your own flash. <laughs> so I, I'm not too sure exactly how we're going to work it out. But and I actually didn't even I didn't even write a scenario. And as our, our regular listeners will know, I'm quite fond of my scenarios. I didn't even have a scenario. So it's basically it's just a race. <laughs> That's all there is to it. There's no explanation. Um, the dungeon master is asleep at the wheel this week. Yeah, I, I, I I've let down the team. <laughs> I apologize, uh, but. Uh, and how it's going to work in terms of, of the winning, I'm not too sure. I mean, I, I, I have some stats on just exactly what each of these people can do, or these characters. I mean, they're not real people. And just on paper, Quicksilver's going to get his ass handed to him. But, <laughs> I think so. I think uh, so. But you never know. We can, we can figure it out. So, so I was going to ask, so how do, you, how do you want to do it? Do we want to roll some dice for it or something? Or, or is it like a leave it I, up to chance? Well, let's talk about the differences between the three first. All right. Uh, obviously, they're all three fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sonic, I feel like, is inferior to both. Is How is Sonic faster than Quicksilver? Well, let me throw you some Sonic stats. I, was, I knew yeah, you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I thought the same thing, right? I was like, come on, Sonic the Hedgehog. But <laughs> but there is there is points to be made. So... And we have to deal. We have to deal with the expanded universe of Sonic, right? So not just the games, but the comics and, and cartoon as well. Right. Yeah. In the Sonic the Hedgehog comics, he goes up against a, a, a villain called the Egg Beater, which was created by, <laughs> well, I assume, created by Doctor Robotnik uh, as, as the ultimate anti-Sonic weapon, right? So it's basically it's impervious to all of his powers, but he beats it by running around uh, around the coast of the continent, so in order to pick up speed. And then hits it at such a, at such a speed that it actually manages to dent it, which is supposed to be impossible. Now that you'd think that, that who cares, right? At that point, I was like, uh, I'm still not convinced. Now we go on to in the so- Supersonic versus Hyper Knuckles comic special. Yeah, Supersonic and Hyper Knuckles run at each other at, in, at incalculable speeds, which cre- which actually turns them into raw energy, which is similar to what the Flash does when he runs. He yeah, taps, taps, taps into the speed yeah. force. Yep. And the zone that they're fighting in can't contain the energy and actually manage and actually explodes. So they actually destroy huh. matter just by the fact that they're running so fast. Huh. Moving on, <laughs> in Sonic Adventure, it actually specifically mentions that you you can go at light speed, which is you know the fastest you can go. But the one that I like the most is that uh, in Sonic Unleashed versus Perfect Dark Gaia, after freeing Chip Gaia Colossus from PDG. The Dark God shoots a giant beam of dark energy, which Gaia Colossus blocks and subsequently gives it a right hook. 
Supersonic proceeds to spike shot Dark Guy with such speed that Sonic appears as a bolt of energy and with such force that Guy's head snaps backwards and it faints. You could also, there's, there's also uh, other examples of him managing to become intangible, which is one of the Flash's tricks. Uh, he can ghost through opponents. He attacks so fast that it looks like he's standing in place. He creates energy shockwaves by sp- spinning fast on the spot. And he can go back and forth in time, like he does in the game Sonic CD. So he's actually, this guy is a contender. He actually has done a lot, huh? Now, unlike Quicksilver, who can't do any of that. <laughs> he just, he no, just runs no. fast. And compared to, so, but we've seen a lot of that with the Flash, with the running, you know, being able to run through matter and vibrate, you know, so fast that you know, he can, you know, do all these weird things through matter. Yeah. Well, they're going okay. so fast that they actually start to generate energy forces that are so powerful that it destroys the environment that they're in huh yeah pretty i I never imagined i never imagined sonic being as as strong as the flash he's a bit of a badass man (laughs) that's pretty crazy it is pretty crazy all i knew from sonic was that he has computer games and i knew he had a comic and a cartoon but all i know from sonic is basically what i've seen in in the computer games and uh the unfortunate erotic fan fiction that people (laughs) seem to enjoy (laughs) writing about this character which just creeps me out man it's creepy i haven't read any of it but i just it's just the whole idea is creepy but, uh, what, was the, what was the villain? The villain that rode around in the little car that was like a floating car, and he had red hair and glasses. Doctor Robotnik. Doctor Robotnik, dude. Yeah. So while you were telling the story about, about, I was sitting here thinking that my old boss. I I was going to tell you that I had an old boss that looked like that guy. He had the hair. <laughs> I mean, it's short of the floating car. He looked just like that guy. And then I love that guy. (laughs) (laughs) But then it dawned, and this never clicked until just now. It dawned on me that that was my boss that I used to work at Sonic Drive In. Oh, he was the villain in the real life Sonic Drive In. Wow, (laughs) now that's amazing. That is amazing. (laughs) So, with that, Um, to answer your question about the Flash, we'll go with Barry Allen because he's the fastest. So, okay, uh, so we'll go with Barry. I prefer Wally. So for all you Flash fans out there, <laughs> don't write me any hate mail. I prefer Wally, but let's be honest, <laughs> Barry is the fastest. So we'll go with him. So he can go up against uh, uh, against Sonic. And unless I mean, I don't, I don't want to be a party pooper, but Quicksilver is he's out of the running. No pun intended. I actually he didn't. Is, I didn't yeah. intend that, but now that I said it, it's awesome. He's out of the running because he is because uh, <laughs> he really he can't do any of that sort of stuff so he's I mean no, he is, he's, never... he's quick I do like every now and again they'll show a scene where he's like he's in another part of the world and like I, I think it happened during uh, Avengers vs. X-Men maybe where he's like he's watching he's in House of M he does that in House of M too yeah well he's, he's in, in Avengers vs. X-Men he's watching the TV and watching the Avengers and X-Men fight and he's like oh, you know can I be bothered sort of oh yeah, yeah and he basically and then the next panel is him <laughs> at the scene, punching somebody in the face, who I think is Magneto. So it's yeah. like, I mean, that's that's pretty damn quick, but it's still well, not it, speed. It's uh, flash quick. Yeah, so I mean, he's definitely really damn fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we've never seen him run through matter or anything like that. No, I, I've never seen him do know, any, or, or travel time. You know, that's something that you know. Yeah, he hasn't. He uh, hasn't. He's never traveled through time. He's, yeah. uh, or at least using his powers. I mean, he's traveled through time, but not using his powers. Yeah, oh, well, look, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Quicksilver's he's gone. He's left for the dash. So they're they're lined up. The gun goes off. They all take off. Quicksilver he puts in a bit of effort because he's an arrogant dude. But no, nah, he's he's gone in the dust. 
<laughs> Where we, I think Sonic wins, man. I don't know. <laughs> just straight up, you just think Sonic wins. Straight up. I mean, there's. Are we going to go into things like, well, Sonic tries to trip the flash? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's so cool. You said that because I was going to when we had the when I had the idea that had the eight people. One of them was a bad guy, and I was actually going to have it so that he tries to trip up yeah, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, but would Quicksilver do that? Would he? You know? Would he like? You know. But he just, he'd get his leg broken. <laughs> if you're trying to <laughs> try to trip somebody up at super speed, yeah. you're in a bit of trouble there. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah, so, so Quicksilver's out, and uh, so it's Sonic versus The Flash. And you reckon Sonic? I don't know. I feel like it's, no matter what I say, <laughs> it's the wrong answer at this point. Well, I, I, look, I'm with you, because I, I, I think they're so close, close in turn. Now that I've done all this research on Sonic, at first I was going to yeah. say Flash all the way. But I actually think, you know, I think Sonic is a contender here. So, and I think the major difference is is, is that the Flash is I think Flash is faster, but Sonic has all these other extra attacks and abilities and stuff. So I think if the 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 two of them together, if Sonic does something, if he does that sort of super turbo thing that he does where he shoots all his energy off and stuff like that, he might actually be able to basically cheat and take the Flash out. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think that. Yeah, so, you think the Flash is actually faster? Yeah, I think the Flash is faster. The, the, the Flash runs at light speed, just from standing but so still. Can Sonic. No, but, Sonic but he has to. But he has to speed up to it. The Flash can basically go from standing still to light speed. To light. Speed. Whereas Sonic oh, has but to. Yeah, Sonic has to do the build up. Yeah, thing. Sonic has to run and then go supersonic. Oh no, no, Flash! Flash has it then. But does Flash Sonic then cheat and try and take him out? No, no, I don't think so. No? That's, right. what, that's what I said. I think Sonic's a noble dude. All right. Oh, okay, cool. Well, right, in that case, in that case, that's it. I think we're, we're, we're done. It's the Flash victory. I don't think... I think that just the ability... So, I mean, I was joking about the noble dude. I don't know nothing about Sonic. So, here's the thing. <laughs> I am as, I know that there's Sonic fans out there, and I'm sure if read the right way, it's great. I, don't, I have no idea, but I'm as far from a Sonic fan that you could possibly be, although I can make any supersonic cheeseburger that they sell. I'm not a fan. If this were a race where they're not standing still at start, they're already running at a certain amount of speed and they're keeping together, and then, you know, at a certain point, they break off, and then, you know, they used to call it at a at a 40. Like, um, um, street racers sometimes will do this thing where instead of starting at a dead stop, um, maybe car one car has a bigger takeoff than the other. They would actually travel at 40 miles an hour staying together, and then they both agreed on a certain point where this is where the race starts, and then they start from there. Mm. Something like that, maybe Sonic wins, because then he could run at light speed, relatively still be pretty close behind um, the Flash, and then maybe his extra abilities where he has the stuff streaming off of him or the you know, the supersonic stuff he does, maybe that would throw Flash off and he might win. But from a standing start, just the ability to go to light speed right away and not have to build up puts him way ahead of, of Sonic, I think. Yeah. Well, well, even, yeah. Even, if we, even if we got that wrong and, uh, and it's just straight standing start just to set the speed of sound, like, you know, then because the Flash can definitely do that, it's it's – Still, the Flash. I, th- I think you're right. I, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head with the whole the fact that they're standing still. I mean, Sonic has to build up to it, whereas the Flash doesn't. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's an important factor. Yeah, that's yeah. the deciding factor. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, in that case, we're calling it for the Flash. Barry Allen, the Flash wins it. Our next race will be Barry Allen versus Wally West, and we'll get all the all the hardcore oh, right. fans up on us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, victory to the Flash. 
Oh, and let us know what you think. It's if you we got it completely wrong. We you think we should have used Wally instead of Barry, which I'm sure we're going to get feedback about. It's a tough one to decide, though. It is tough. I mean, like I said, I prefer Wally. <laughs> But, you know, what can you do? Uh, so, uh, and, you know, if you think Sonic should have won, hell, if you think Quicksilver should have won and, and you can prove that, then I would love to see that. That'd be awesome. But let's move on to our next segment, App Happy. Cool. So, like I said, uh, in our previous episode, we introduced a new segment, uh, App Happy. Uh, it's basically where we talk about uh, an app that we like, or that we found out about. doesn't have to be a new one, could be an old one. Uh, the app I'm going to talk about this week, though, is Launchpad by Novation. I don't, wouldn't, this is not the sort of app that I would normally use. It's actually it's a sound a sound generator, sort of sound mixing type app, and it's that's far beyond my skills and abilities that I can, I can tell you. I actually have no musical skill of any kind. But I was actually on the train, um, and I was sitting next to a student who um, was playing with this on his iPad next to me. And I was, I was actually, I was meant to be watching uh, the latest Game of Thrones, but I was so entranced by what he was doing, I was actually watching what he was doing. And as soon as I got home that night, I installed installed the app and started playing with it. It's, it's, it's uh, a lot of fun. So even though I actually have no skill, it's still awesome. So basically what it is, is, basically is uh, a whole bunch of pre-recorded musical riffs um, or beats or whatever, I don't know the technical term for it, um, that you you sort of combine in order to form a song. Um, so all they're, they're all sort of being electronic, they're all sort of electronic sort of type music, and by being a musician you'd be able to sort of help me out a bit here. It's it's, it's sort of, it's house and techno and, you know, all sort of that sort of stuff. The stuff that I, you know, being an old man, don't really really listen to, but it's the sort of stuff you hear in net, nightclubs and stuff like that. Um, and strangely enough, I, I'm quite entranced by this sort of thing, and uh, I've been having quite a lot of fun with it. In fact, I've actually made a, a little track that uh, <laughs> I thought was pretty cool. Crystal's also been using it. She's actually a lot more talented with it than I am. But uh, So I've actually got it. So it's an ovation. So, so what it is, it's a bunch of uh, a columns. So you can have eight eight tracks, I think they're referred to. And each you, like you press a button for each one, and you can have eight of those working simultaneously. And it's so clever that it actually it works out the beat of of the one of the one that's playing, so that when you press the next one, it doesn't just start automatically. It waits until the point where it until logically the downbeat. Yeah, yeah, the downbeat. There you go. That's what it was. The downbeat, and so then starts. Then it's really really awesome. And then basically you can you can make make songs with it, and you got different filters, and you can change the volume, you can add effects and stuff like that. So just basically just going with just the bass thing. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a little track that I put together uh, before the show. So start oh, with. Cool. We'll start with drums. Should I kind of try to come up with a song over this? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's the drums, right? So then I go to the next one. Ah, I dig it. So that's called percussion. And they've got little names that I assume mean something in the music world, but the drums is TEC Drum 37, <laughs> and percussion is DMT Loop TL7. So, so there's a kind of so then we go to the next one, which is we'll throw in a bit of bass. And the next one's called M- Melodic, and it's got a weird name, Coxic Break. And then finally, uh, some more melodic stuff. Uh, 
Now I'm bopping along like an idiot here because you know, I'm very, I'm very pleased with my talents that I've just stolen from other people <laughs> and stuff like that. Sweat, baby, sweat, baby, sex is a Texas. We should do a jam, man, a yeah. jam. <laughs> So it's not as cool as everything is awesome from the Lego movie, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, so I did. Uh, so Novation is um, is you know world famous for its sort of its musical stuff, and it's used by DJs and to you know mix tracks and all that sort of stuff. For all you uh, sound people out there and your sort of your your amateur music people, uh, jump on that, check it out. It's uh, it's free. They do have a they do have a pay a pay for version um, where you can do extra stuff, but the version I just had just in was free. So check it out on the. Uh, the iStore Launchpad by Novation. Cool. Uh, so that was App Happy. Let's move on to Azerothian Times. Before we get into the, the major Azerothian Time news, let's, let's get over some, uh, some quick stuff. Lately, I've been going, I've been going through the um, Warcraft Less Travel podcast, podcast. Yeah. Which is uh, basically like there's all these like cool little you know, quirky things and wow that you don't realize are there. And a lot of it is references to movies or, you know, things like that. There's a lot, like there's a lost, there's two lost hatches. I went to both of them. And the one that, that's really intrigued me though, as of late, do you know where, or so, you know where Undercity is? What's the name of the forest area just outside of Undercity? The Silver Sil- Pine Sil- Forest? Sil- Silver Pine, yeah. Silver, I don't know. Anyway, the area, if you're, if yeah, you're on Pine. the Undercity map and you zoom all the way out, out um in the top area where um where the undead starting zone is yeah to the left of that on the map there's this huge section that you can fly to but you can't discover it like if you fly there your map will always be that doo-doo brown cover color it'll never it'll never uh it'll never discover the area there is an area up there that is a circle of mushrooms that are taller than a tauren like they're pretty tall and these fey dragons appear throughout the day, one by one, around this thing. And the first time I went out there, there was one fey dragon flying around. The mushrooms glow more. They, they glow throughout different parts of the day. They, and sometimes of the day, they don't glow. Every time I go back there, there's a different... Like, sometimes there's none. Sometimes there's six. Um, and then, finally, one night, around 3 a.m., sure enough, there's seven dragons around this thing. And the and the mushrooms are glowing like it's going out of style, mm-hmm. and the dragons are just kind of hanging around. And in this area, there's little woodland creatures. There's like little, you know, the same little stuff you see running around everywhere. Yes, yeah, crew. And, and stuff. Um, they move closer to the dragons. They all move closer to the dragons, and then the dragons all face the circle and start like that. Th- plays this music. The your game music it switches to like a music that I've never heard before. And they start shooting music notes at each other from across the circle. What? I swear to I told you, it sounds <laughs> like it's made up. I swear to God, you can, there's probably a YouTube video of it. Yeah. Someone has had to have caught this, and it lasts like thirty seconds, and then it and then it all it all stops, and the whole thing disappears. I didn't get an achievement. Like <laughs> it happens. Yeah. And then that's it. Oh, I took pictures of it. I can send you pictures. Right, put cool. the show notes. Send me some screenshots. Show, give me a screenshot. That's awesome. 
but the, why does that exist in the game? Why is it there? <laughs> because then people like us who are obsessed can then talk about it on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so weird. It's so weird. I like I, I like the little little quirky little things that they put in there. I don't know what that's referencing. You, you, so you mentioned that quite often it references something. I have no idea what that's referencing at all. No, I was hoping yeah, I that would then that they would transform. I was hoping they would sing to each other and then transform, and it would be a dark crystal reference. But they didn't. They didn't do it that. So I don't know. Uh, so the other the other bit of Azerothian news, just quickly, is uh, the winner of Azerothian Choppers was announced, and uh, it was the Horde. And I it was overwhelmingly the Horde. Yeah, and uh, I don't give a crap. <laughs> I just I hated the whole show. Yeah, and just don't give a crap's ass. But you know, it was a better looking like, bike, honestly. But it looks really, it looks like we got this whole thing coming out, Warlords Draenor, and I guess it is very orc heavy. But this was very Siege of Ordemar looking bike. Like it, it, yeah. it, it I don't know. It kind of to me. If this is coming out with Warlords, it seemed out of place to me. Yeah. But, oh, that's, you know, that's there. We get it for free. How we get it, though, I mean, obviously, it's, surely there's going to be a quest or something you have to do. You don't just get it in your bag. Surely. No, you're going to have to, you're going to buy that thing for $25. No, you get it for free. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you, when you buy the $60 expansion, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, our last Azerothian Times, you know, is, uh, it's pretty damn exciting. Now, as, as our regular listeners will know, uh, we're both, uh, well, Borrow especially, but we're both very excited for this the upcoming Warcraft movie. And uh, Ben Foster, who is uh, one of the actors in that film, has either intentionally or unintentionally revealed some stuff. It was a, it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know if he got uh, wrapped over the knuckles for it, but Ben Foster was doing an interview and he revealed some some characteristics of his of his character, who is Medivh, which I didn't even know up until this interview. So I've actually right, got, yeah. so we found out who he's playing. And it's also then given some he's given some hints himself in what sort of what his character goes through, which to me indicates that everything Bo and I have been saying is actually true. So it, yeah. if it, that turns out and, to be and, the case, I'm going to be pretty excited. And I want to say it again: I listened to a lot of podcasts, and I hadn't heard anybody else make the predictions we have. Yeah, that's awesome. So now they will though. Now yeah. that like now they'll start doing it. But we, you heard it here first, all right? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so um, so let's so we'll start with what Ben. So Ben in the interview was talking about his character Medivh, and uh, for all those who are interested, Medivh is uh, is basically a force of nature in humanoid form, and uh, he does he did a lot of good in his life, but unfortunately he's also he was also uh, corrupted from in utero. So before he was even born, he was corrupted by. Uh, by a demon whose name just suddenly escapes me. He's a Cal Kalthazard. Um, anyway, and he is tricked into opening the dark portal. So it's actually Medivh's fault that the whole Wall of Draenor scenario occurs. <laughs> so all the, the, the orcs that are all insane uh, come through the dark portal and invade Azeroth. He then he then gets killed uh, by Lothar, um, but very shortly after. And then uh, later on in the, in, in the, the lore, he gets resurrected uh, and... Um, Comes basically the force of nature that he is and helps uh, during the Mount Hygel stuff. So he appears in game in quite a few times. His most prominent appearance is yeah. uh, in the Caverns of Time instance, opening the Dark Portal. Yeah. <laughs> so where you actually have to, where you have to protect him <laughs> while he's opening the portal, which just strikes me as ironic because it's like, well, I don't want him to open the damn portal, but you know, there he goes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, you're actually stopping the dragons. From stopping him <laughs> opening yeah, the dark portal the wrong side of this. and killing us all, it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, uh, but then he also you're, he appears later on in the Mount Hydral raid. So that's pretty interesting. So th- so just a, that's and that's all RTS stuff. I was talking about the opening the dark portals from World of Warcraft, obviously. But Medivh plays a, a pretty major role in the RTS, and we've we've said it 
the director himself has said it, but we've also said ourselves that the storyline will be based on the RTS storyline. So the Warcraft three, uh, you know, humans versus orcs, that sort of stuff, uh, more than world of Warcraft. And, uh, and the reason we come up with that, and we, and we decided that it was going to be a time travel story, right? And the reason yeah. we did is because in some of the production artwork that they showed at uh, one of the previous BlizzCons is Dalaran, but it's the floating Dalaran. So it's it's the mm-hmm. World of Warcraft era Dalaran, but it's in flames and it and looks like it's about to be destroyed. And I'm pretty sure they do mention the fact that Dalaran is going to crash to Earth. It, so, so we figured that it would be a time travel story where... Uh, because I mean, they've mentioned that there are certain uh, characters. They mentioned the only characters that they've mentioned that are involved are the uh, the main human and the main orcs, and those two characters are from the RTS universe. So our the- feeling is that it's either going to involve time travel or uh, you know we'll harken back to the days of where this all started. It's like this is where we are now. This is how it all started. Sort of stuff that well, goes back. I think it, I think it's even more than just like you know here we are now. Here's where it all started. I think it'll be more time travel involved in that. Mm. I mean, just the next expansion is involving time travel. Mm. Um, now, it's coming out before the movie, though. I mean, mm. like, Warlords will be out before 2016. Um, so, I mean, I don't know that it's going to be, you know, extremely tied in with that, but it's just Duncan Jones. It's just, it, to me, it all it all leans, it all hinges on Duncan Jones. Even if you're not a World of Warcraft fan, if you're just a movie, you know, buff in general, Duncan Jones is famous for movies that are not as simple as good guy versus bad guy. Like this is going to be, you know, cerebral in some way. Like it's otherwise Duncan Jones is a really weird choice. I don't want to compare it to Lord of the Rings, but like if they were making just a movie that's just knights versus orcs, Duncan Jones is a weird choice. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Totally. And so agree. that's, that's, that's why I think, and then now they revealed that this is Medivh, yeah. you know, and we have the whole caverns of time instance. And, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it's going, but this movie is going to be like, you know, cerebral in a way. This is going to be, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Like, I can't wait. For As, and Ben, and Ben talked about how his character, he basically talked about some of his character arc, which is going to involve how he fought in the wars, which is going to be the first RTS game. And that he then retires and uses, uses his powers to just to protect the town that he's in. And then he doesn't say it, but then something bad's going to happen. And that's going to be, that will be the opening of the dark portal. I'm, I'm actually, I'm now 100% convinced that, that the story is going to be the human versus orcs fight, and that Medivh opens up the portal and dooms the dooms the planet, and then that's and that's going to I think I think it'll either it either stops there where he opens the portal and it's like oh my god, or he opens the portal and the and the orcs come in and they have to and then the rest of the film is involved in trying to you know stop, yeah. stop the orc invasion. I, hope, I actually hope starts or ends there, yeah. Yeah, I hope it's that actually because I, I, that would be awesome, um, and that ties directly into Warlords of Draenor, like you said. I mean, it's it's basically, that's basically the storyline. So it's um it's it's really really exciting. Um, ben Foster's an excellent actor. I like him a lot, and uh, people would most likely know him most from um, Pandorum, uh, but he's also been in uh, some other stuff as well. He's 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 quite good. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm more than excited for this. (laughs) Cool, so let's uh, move on to Coming Soon. Coming Soon in Australian cinemas on June 19th, we get 22 Jump Street, which is the sequel to 21 Jump Street with uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, and uh, I'm pretty excited for that. I like 21 Jump Street, it's pretty funny. Uh, Ernest and Celestine, which is an animated film, uh, which is only just now getting released here, even though it was up for a Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards, so it's actually been out for a while. We're only just getting it, which is pretty weird. Uh, but that looks pretty cool. Uh, Galore, uh, The Two Faces of January, and How to Train Your Dragon 2. 
the sequel that had to happen. Uh, in the U.S., we have uh, it's actually kind of a light week. It looks like um, a lot of limited releases, but the major releases we have uh, Think Like a Man Two, uh, and that's T O O, not the number two. And we also have Jersey Boys. I saw a preview for uh, recently whenever I went and saw um, the Edge of Tomorrow movie. Yeah, and it's it's a uh, it's like a period piece. I don't know. I don't know. It's don't a, it's, a, it's, a it. it's a bio, biopic based of the uh, the four yeah, se- yeah. the four seasons the band the four seasons it's, the four uh, seasons yeah, okay yeah. yeah I didn't know what band it was so that's why I kind of yeah. clammed up there that's cool um, it's directed by Clint Eastwood and uh, it's based on the stage show sweet well that's it for the show episode ninety six been epic uh, if you want to hear more of Bo you can of course do that at ecnradio.com and the both of us at undercastnetwork.com which has uh, all of all of our uh, podcasts, the ones we do together and the ones that we do separately, uh, it's really really cool. And uh, we debuted the uh, our new outro, our end credit sequence uh, in our uh, last episode. That's uh, been made by the, the lovely Intelligent Crystal. Uh, so we'll have that and uh, all the details of how you can contact us uh, in that. It's uh, very exciting stuff. But that's it for episode ninety six. So that's it from me and Bo. I freaking hated that movie. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. You're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> but you still thought it was better than Days of Future Past. So how bad did you hate that? I don't know. You know, it's I don't, now we're starting a discussion at the end of the show. <laughs> anyway, bye. Bye. You've been listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com. You can write on our wall if you go to the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Tweet us at nerdculturecast. Skype us on nerdculturepodcast. If we don't answer, leave a message. We might even play it on the show. You can comment on any post on our website. www.nerdculturepodcast.com If you'd like to support the show... Use the Amazon affiliate widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a small percentage of the profit goes towards helping us to produce our show. We can see what you buy, but not who you are, so your privacy is assured. Check out our videos at ncptv.net, or search for NCPTV on YouTube, because we also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wondering where you can hear more of Bo? Go to ecnradio.com. Bo and David also have another podcast called Film Flames. More info at www.filmflames.com. You can find all of our podcasts and more at undercastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.